Welcome back to another episode of All Hustle No Luck. We're back at it again. The trio's in full effect. NBA basketball has stopped, unfortunately, but the news never stops. So it's always a drama-filled league. So we're going to get into all that today, talk about some good stuff. Um, and then, unfortunately, talk about some sad stuff as well. But before we do all that, let's talk to the boys, see what they've been up to. Kev, talk to me, man. Uh, happy to be back, man. Let's go. Right, right. Short and sweet, short and sweet. Chris, talk to me. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about the disrespect that some of these young players have to face and why they're better than me because I can't do it still. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I said again, we're in the dog days of the NBA season. There is literally no news going on, but we still have to find some stuff to talk about and find it interesting. A um, lot of stuff that's coming up on the horizon, but right now let's dig into something that didn't happen, but really stirred the pot in the NBA circles. Um, just even the thought of it was a bit was a bit wild. So, for those of you that don't know, well, you should know if you're an NBA fan. Kevin Durant has requested a trade. Um, just given some of the recent trades, Rudy Gobert especially, the trade market's kind of all over the place. And then on top of that, we're talking about an all-time player in Kevin Durant with four years on his contract. So. It's not as easy to just move a guy like that. But nonetheless, there's been a bunch of hypothetical trades that have been going around. And this one really, 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 really stirred some controversy. Um, and it's with the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. We can we can only talk about the main piece. We don't have to talk about the ancillary piece because we're not really going to matter. Uh, Boston Celtics essentially wanted Jalen Brown for um, Kevin Durant. Um, Boston Celtics were interested up until when... It came into including Marcus Smart in the deal, and I guess that's where they drew the line. I'll start it here right now. Well, I, let me rephrase. The question is whether or not Jalen Brown has a right to be angry about being in trade discussions considering they just came off a finals appearance. Um, and then obviously he went on Twitter and he put some cryptic messages, nothing over the top. Uh, but yeah, fans are a bit upset, especially homers are, are upset saying that Jalen Brown is one of those guys considering that he played better than Tatum in the finals. How he keep, could he possibly be in trade discussions? And on the other end, we have the group of NBA fans who aren't Boston fans necessarily saying this is Kevin Durant. Like, don't fool yourself. Getting better is the number one priority of organization. If Kevin Durant's on the block, you got to make a move. And I'll start off here and I'll say this. Like, I understand where Boston is coming from. Like, At the end of the day, you're in the business of getting better. You went to the finals, but don't forget that you lost. doesn't matter if this guy was, quote-unquote, your best player in the finals. He's not, quote-unquote, your best projected player moving forward, right? Like, let's not confuse the two, and I feel like it's a distinction that really has to be respected. He is a great player, but he's not your best player, and we know that. Um, on top of that, getting Kevin Durant will put you, I feel like, in a different tier, especially when it comes to some of the struggles that you had throughout the playoffs. A lot of times you guys had trouble getting easy buckets, uh, obviously you had your big wings playmaking and it didn't necessarily work all the way you wanted to work out. So I don't understand how people can't understand that Kevin Durant coming to this team is a, is a value add. Now, when you start considering what has to be given up, that's a different discussion, but just in, in principle, getting a all-time score like that makes you a better team. And obviously I feel like Jalen Brown can have a right to be angry as any team would, but it's business at the end of the day. Right, Because I don't think that if it came down to it, say this was his contract year and he wanted a max extension or the super max because of how he played in the finals, I don't think he he would be cutting any blies. So it works both ways. And I feel like people have to also understand that. And it's not like they did him dirty, right? They just proposed it out there. And I feel like 
there's no way that this could have gone any any better. Brother, man. Brother. There's man. no way. But go ahead, Chris. What do you think? Brother, first of all, to say that they didn't do it and they didn't do him dirty, they just proposed it out there, that alone is stupidness to me. Because if that was the case, okay, put it this way. If being if being put in trade requests, and this is like the narrative that I was hearing as well, and you kind of just filtered into that same narrative of being like, yeah, they put you in a trade request, but you really shouldn't be mad. You know what? It is. It could honestly be more of a compliment, right? So then should Jason Tatum feel disrespected that he has never been put in a trade request offer at all, ever? Should he feel disrespected about that? To answer your question, I feel like there's... Here's my problem with that statement, right? For one, I'm not saying that being in a trade request is a good thing. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm thinking is, or what I'm saying is, I don't know how else you test the waters or assess the what you're able to get or how you're able to get better as a team without putting feelers out there there's no I, way I, to go about not, a trade in a I'm good way i'm not saying that though i'm not okay put, put it this way like when this news first broke initially broke like the very first moment it broke i went and went and i did the podcast saying what are the trades that i feel like are um out there to be had for kevin durant the number one trade that i had or the first trade that i came up with was uh jalen brown and daniel tice for katie straight up i didn't have no picks i didn't have anything to that it was twofold because I never thought that, yes, I understand that Kevin Durant as a singular talent right now, he is arguably the best player in the league. But at the same time, when you, yes, he has four years on the on the contract, but it's almost like it doesn't even matter because we already know who this man is. For, like Those years mean nothing to a guy like Kevin Durant if he comes to your team and he decides that I don't want to play no more. And he's showing that right now with the Nets. The four years didn't even kick in yet. And he's already trying to, he's already trying to move. So to me, it's like, Listen, when it comes to Jalen Brown, this guy has been in trade discussions over and over and over and over again. When you're young, it is it's cool. Like two, three years ago, I I get it. You know what I'm saying? Right now, Scotty Barnes can't necessarily get upset if he was to be in trade discussions. But at the same time, it's like he's only a rookie. I get that. This is Jalen Brown. This is somebody who is established. This is somebody who has continuously continuously gone about the business of getting better season after season, literally, to the point where he got so good to where you were in an NBA Finals and he was your best player, undisputably. Undisputably, your best player in the NBA Finals. He leaves the NBA Finals thinking that I, I must have garnered some type of good faith with this franchise at this point because my play has dictated that I am to be valued. And how you show that you value me is putting me on the trade block for a guy we just swept. That's where I see the disconnect here because to me, it's like you never talk about Tatum in this type of way. They said Tatum is absolutely untouchable. To me, that's how you show you value someone. That's how you show you respect somebody. You don't respect me by saying, oh, yeah, but, hey, it's not like I'm trying to trade you for, you know, peanuts. I don't care who you're trying to trade me for. The mere fact that you're trying to trade me means that you don't actually see me as valuable enough to the ultimate prize. I don't think that's true. That I has think to I, be true. It goes back to my earlier point. That I has think to there's be a true. difference between. If you're who, trading me for somebody, that means you feel like there's somebody out there that's going to help you win where I can't. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. So but that on means top you don't that, value me in winning to the ultimate prize. No, that doesn't no. mean because you could be a piece in a cog and not be the piece. <laughs> there's a Listen, difference. Man, I can't go out there and be your best player in an NBA Finals when 
and not, it's not like I'm just some random, it's not like I'm Fred VanVleet <clears throat> that just got hot and had a good punch. I am an all-star in this league. I don't know if you made All-NBA, but I'm an all-star in this league, and I am one of your best players. I was your best player in the finals where your superstar, the untouchable, did not show up. And as Chris said, every single year I have gotten better. There's, if I'm Jalen Brown, there's no reason why you can look at me and say I can't be KD Wonder based on the fact that I've continued to get better. I'm not saying you're going to get there, but if I'm Jalen Brown and I've consistently gotten better, why on earth would you ever trade me for a guy that's 34 years old? And again, we just dealt with this guy. We just packed that nigga up. Like. And it's not even just straight up. We're talking about you're going to toss on mans plus a bunch of picks? Plus picks. Plus, and that's why I'm saying the distinction. When oh, I this- first said it, it was Daniel Tyson, Jalen Brown. That's it. The idea that this is some type of compliment is foolishness, man. There's no compliment to that. When I've given heart and soul, put in work, competed, and made a fresh off the finals, you know, fresh, and you're going to be looking to trade me off, and we just swept? No, I get that. It's lunacy. I get that, but I never said it was a compliment. I'm just saying I understand from the organization how they're trying to get better. My problem is, is like, if you ever have a player like this on your team, how do you ever even try to get better or put feeders out there. That's if, the danger. That's, that's, issue. that's, that's yeah. the danger. Like, I'm not saying, but clearly listen, it's I, worth it then. I feel I'm, like no, that's no, worth no. it. it. It could be. If the trade got done, the trade got done. That's not done. The trade's not done. That's all it is, man. The trade's not done. And you know what? You know, you know what's shrewd? Let me tell you what's shrewd. Shrewd is understanding what the situation is. The Nets are the ones who leaked this. You know why? Because they understood. They understood that even if we don't get this trade done, it's still something where it's going to be so, something that Jalen Brown is not going to like. There's, we're sowing discontent. And hey, us leaking it, it may sow so much discontent that we do end up getting all everything in a bag of chips where we really only needed Jalen Brown. That's the reason why they did it. So it's to me, it's like, fam, I feel like it's on, a like, bit of conspiracy theory, it, but go no, ahead. But no, but okay. it, to me, it's one plus one, bro. To me, it's one plus one. Even even if that's a long shot, my thing is, and I said this with, with uh, the Sixers when it came to, like, when they spoke out about Ben Simmons after that game. I said, listen, you can make whatever decision you want, but you have to understand the consequences. These are the consequences of trying to get better for an all-star player. A young player who, by all means, has continued to get better in the league. These are the consequences. Yeah, you wanted to get better. I understand that. But you didn't. Now look. For whatever reason, you couldn't keep this on the hush, and now it's out. You suffer the consequences now. There's no. I'm not going to look at you and say, oh, I understand. Where it's, yeah, I can get it, but I also understand that you took a serious risk here. Because, they, again, as Chris said, they don't play with Tatum's name. They're not looking. They're not even floating that shit. No point. Fam, as Anthony soon as his Davis, name comes up, as soon as his name Anthony, comes this up. Is, un- this is before Tatum was a guy. Anthony <laughs> Davis, they said, fuck off. Kawhi Leonard, untouchable. Come on, bro. Like, like you're playing with him, man. As far on, as I'm man. concerned, I get Tatum is better than Brown, but dude, you should not that be much. Talk- yeah, you shouldn't <laughs> be talking about <laughs> Jalen you know J- J- Brown in this in this type of way. We see the and then, but here here's here's where I disagree. Right, I'm not saying that Jalen Brown isn't a high level talent in this league, but like again, who projects to be your better player? I, momentarily, I could understand someone saying that Jalen Brown is was better. Robs, we're not I agreeing. Get that. With you. But come on. I'm not disagreeing with you. Bro. No, no, I get what you guys are saying. But what I'm saying is like, I just don't understand. Like, if you're saying that so, this okay. is part of getting better and this is the consequences you have to deal with, then I understand that. 
But so, that doesn't mean that it's going to make me make a different decision. Okay, so my thing to you is how I maybe just to make sure I understand. How would you feel if you were Jalen Brown? I'd feel bad, but at the same time, it's business. It's not like it's not like they went out there and said, you know, what, we're throwing you to the wolves. It's we had to get better. We lost in the finals, and we have an opportunity to get better. We're going to make that move. If you're discontent with that decision, you have every right to be upset. But oh, that doesn't mean that that's going to influence my decision or make me feel like I can't put the fielder out there when KD's on the line. No, no, I get that. That's right. But then again, I told Maz, bro, I told Maz, these winning situations, these championships, they're Fragile. very delicate, man. Like you can't, like these are the type of things that just end it all. And I agree. So I agree wholeheartedly. That's my thing. So if you're out here, listen, if, if, if I was the Celtics, but I don't know, man, like Jalen Brown's the final piece I'm, I'm, I'm even mentioning. Like, I'm not even using names, if that's me. Like, that's crazy. Like, like, you send the offer type of thing. Like, like, Facts. That way, at least I can have possibly say, I never said this. Facts. Said me. At the end of the day, that's all semantics. Like, we, we, like no, when it not. comes no, down, it not. is, no, man. No, it's not. Don't, no, get it's me not. Wrong. don't get me wrong. Reporters could still lie, but there's still a different basis if you can walk, if, if you can walk to Jalen Brown and say, listen, I never said this. I didn't put you in the deal. But right. at the same they time, reporters me, can lie, but GM to, me to GM, they said we this know what's being want. said, man. GMs are not having conversation in Family, group. Fam, listen to me. <laughs> man, okay. semantics, on, is, man. semantics is how you keep stuff together. Semantics is how you save face. Because if they were able to be like, yo, we never went to them with no deal. No, I get that. And That's they may never right have there. gone to them with no deal. But what then I'm saying done. is, when GM to GM, they're cutting the BS. These are two grown professional decision makers and organizations. They're not doing think. the semantics. That's no, what if you're cutting the BS, then I shouldn't. If th- that's how we're talking. Then we never should have heard should it. Not be, we never should have heard should it. should not be on, on the news. That's all I'm saying. We never should have heard that, it. But then. there's a lot of things that shouldn't be on the news. We have to blame the media Family, for that. But you can't have that's it both ways. No, 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 no. No, no, we're it to the media. Who gave it to the media? We don't know that. We actually don't know. But there's a lot of times where, where news we gets leaked. Somebody, somebody did, did, but I, I, I doubt it's the GMs. But if somebody we're not in the room, maybe. Man, brother, if we're not doing semantics, because here's what I know, right? Rob, who's responsible for the man in the room? That's what I'm saying. That's what I was about to say. No, somebody might have to get dropped from the roster or get dropped from the media but room. But don't get me wrong. For the man in the room? It's no different than when Orlando leaked the picture of when they had every every decision they were going to make in the offseason. Somebody <laughs> no, leaked the picture. To, and who had to answer for that? The, the GM, but that means that someone else has a loser job. Okay, who had to answer for it? Okay. Well, I get the GM is going to have to answer okay. for it. But let's not okay. make let's not d- confuse him making the decision versus him being accountable for the decision that was made. If he got account- leaked, he's responsible. It doesn't mean that he made that choice to do it himself. Fine, Brother. that's the way I look at it. Um, but yeah, on the thoughts of Jalen Brown, like we all understand. I think maybe, I, I think I'm, I'm aligned with you guys. I just think I'm slightly different. Nah, in terms you're coming of how from the bourgeoisie order. aspect of your your. It is what it is. Like you're if you're mad. You're going to be mad, but we got to do what we got to do. That's the position that you're taking. My position is, nah, I'm fully on the... And this is why, and this is why, on a side note, I'm always on the side of the players because I don't like the fact that you can do certain things and then you can just say, well, that's just what it is. You see what I'm saying? That's basically what you said just a while ago. But players do that all the time. Players say, I'm not playing no. unless you trade me. <clears throat> players are doing that now, and this is why I'm saying. No, no, I'm they've been that. doing that. Anthony nah, Davis has been doing that since no, the Pelicans. Because, no, no, no. Because Wearing shirts, the, I don't want to be here. Brother, back in the day, players weren't able to just be like, yo, listen, trade me or what, or or else. Okay, but I'm talking about now. What is okay, back in the but day? So you, but you can't tell me that players been doing it. That's my point. Fam, you just said that when was, how long has Anthony Davis been? Fam, we can at least talk has about that even the been past 10 years five ago? years. Have that even been 10 years ago? When was the last CBA Was that signed? even 10 years ago? When was the last CBA Was signed? that even 10 years ago? That's not, that's irrelevant. It wasn't, when was the right? last CBA what does, signed? So what does been doing it mean? 
I mean, since the last CBA, that's what we have to so only agree. Doing, so been doing it, bro. We can't of, assess rules can that were not in place. I can say what? been doing it for five years. They've been doing it for at least five years. So been doing it means five years. When I'm trying to talk about the history of the league, you're going to bring to and me five years. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the history of the league does not apply yeah, because on, when you look at the CBA go on, go rules, on, on. it doesn't. It's go not on. the same. Go on. Guys were getting ten-year contracts in the '90s. Does that apply now? And no. We're still asking for trades. What, what what difference does that make? Because they you weren't asking for trades. Whatever. Fat, it's a league. Brother, it, exactly. That's my point. So if they were asking for trades back then and they weren't being acquiesced to, now they're asking for trades and they have no choice but to acquiesce. That's the difference. So don't talk to me about been doing something when it hasn't been doing. There's not enough history for that been doing statement. Don't do that. Guys have been requ- anyways. Guys have been requesting trades for however many leagues and, and saying that they're not going to play for teams and holding it over the teams just like the teams are holding it over them. Maybe not to the same degree. And it's we are a in a players' league now, but we'll see what happens. It's not a maybe. Anyways, let's move forward. Um, talk about Zion Williamson and his new contract. So I'll go over the details because I don't I don't really understand why there's such hoopla about his contract. So I'll, I'll give you the details. So. It's a five-year, $192 million contract with an average salary of about $38.5 million. Signed using bird rights. It's going to carry him through to the 2027-28 season where he makes $43.5 million. Um, if he doesn't make an All-NBA team, he's, his contract goes down. Sorry, it stays at the 193. If he does make an All-NBA team, he has likely incentives of going up to 231. No protections, but there is a clause in the contract saying his weight must be less than 295, and that's the sum of his body fat and weight. So sum of his body fat percentage and weight has to be less than 295, or else there's de-escalators in his contract. They won't specify exactly what, but basically he loses money if he's not hitting that, if he's not below that that mark. And I'll liken this to the Joel and B contract where they did put um, clauses in his contract. I think it was, was it for his knee? I think it was for his knee or his back. One of the two. I don't have any problem with this. I feel like if you're in a league and a guy has shown a history of having X injury, X risk, that can really put you in a situation, especially if you're about to commit 30% of your cap to him. I don't see how him, and I oh, one part I do want to specify is he agreed to this. Right, like he did agree to this, so that means that he thinks this is something that's attainable for himself. So I don't understand how if two people can come to the table, come to an agreement, and one guy's getting a bag with likely incentives, but also has clauses that he has to abide by. Why is why is everybody else so concerned? Clearly, the Pelicans are are, are content with making this decision, and Zion clearly signed on the dotted line, despite not playing and all the other stuff that we were hearing about him wanting to move and stuff that didn't matter when the money came to the table. So why is there such a concern? What do you think, Kev? Uh, I just think that they're scared, man. They're scared to lose him, and because because yo, two ninety five is a lot. Like that's not even that. Just, like, are we talking about a man weighing three hundred pounds? Is that was that ever supposed to be acceptable? I don't think it's acceptable, but it's one thing to to say it's not acceptable. It's the next thing to put it in contract. I don't know. Like two two ninety five just sounds lenient to me. So this almost feels like irrelevant. Like, but what if he's two eighty five right now, though? Then he's just fat. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He could be 285 right now, and this could be something that can really plague but him. Yo, uh, but the thing is, like, if he's 285 right now, we would probably all say that's already unacceptable. Fair. Yeah. So, like, what's 295 doing then? Just making it more unacceptable? Like, I don't really understand, to be honest. That could be the breaking point, though. Like, we met medically speaking, they, they could. I, I, I doubt that they Maybe. just chose 295 as an arbitrary that. number. There has to be some type of 
consequence of him reaching that number, whether it be the stress on his knee or whatever. There has to be a reason right. why they chose 295. Nah, yeah, yeah, you could be right there. Maybe that 285 is the port where it all goes to shit, but fam, like, this nigga's fat. Yo, Matt's taking E6-6. <laughs> I know we all know, but, like, once you say it and then taking how much he actually weighs, it's not it's right, it's not I don't right. think he's fat, though, bro. Like, man, I... He's his. He's just a wide man. Like, just man. A big I've seen wider. Whatever, he's, bro. Yeah, fat. But you, <laughs> he actually, yo, bro. You don't look at Zion and say that he's fat, though. Like, realistically, like, he has been. I have seen pictures where it's like, not nah, now he looks fat, but like, right now, Zion, when he came into the league, they said he was two eighty five, and this is what like, um, Rob was saying. When he came into the league, no one looked at the man and said you're fat. Like, I feel like no one did that. Like, we didn't do that. So, like... But we were all, we're all talking about his weight. And concern. Yeah, because... Yeah, his, but we're talking about it from, the, from this, um, the aspect of this is something that's unprecedented. Like, we just haven't seen that type of weight in basketball from a player that's his size. Charles I don't Barkley. Think, I think it's two different things. But Charles Barkley was a, was a, um, was a quickest or the nearest type of in, inflection point. But even Charles Barkley said that he came into the league weighing yeah, that much. Like that. But he said that he played at 255, 260. So yeah, like, and and even if you go back and you look at Charles Barkley in his early days at the Sixers, even the early days on the Suns, he didn't look nothing like Zion, nothing. So it's like Zion is just a different type of case, and that's the reason why we're talking about his weight like this. But I have no issue with them putting the weight clause in it because clearly, I don't think it's even necessarily about him staying healthy or not being healthy. I feel like they just look at it as the the best weight for this player to be playing at is around in and around that 285 that he came into the league with. And I think that's perfectly fair. I know I can't no one, I can't say man, that stuff. No one is talking no one is talking about the Miami Heat putting in their weekly uh, body fat checks. No one talks about that. So it, it, there's no difference to me with that. If you play on the Miami Heat, you you you're getting your body you're getting your body um fat checked every week. There's no difference. I see, here's where I differ though because if the 285 would have been cool for me if he didn't already get injured at that weight. Like Damn, you're, he, that's and that's why I'm saying it. It, it does. The, it's not even a matter a matter of injury because injuries are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen, but you have to put something in position where they're not likely to happen. This is the second time since he's Damn, been at Duke this, that he got this, injured. This, it's his body. But that's this what I'm saying. Body. It's his body. But part of the reason it's his body is the weight. Like for instance, Joel Embiid is seven foot six inches taller than the man and weighs 280 pounds. Drone is not Tweety. It, that's what ba- Basketball Reference says. I don't know what other source we can pull up. Basketball Reference says seven foot two eighty pounds. Man, but even still, the the for example, Joel is a great example. People say that Joel, oh, a part of the reason why Joel can't stay healthy is because of all the load that he carries. Right? We don't hear people saying, "All right, now you have to go go and lose weight." But I'm, two, what I'm, my that. point is, two eighty relative to a seven footer makes more sense than. 285 relative to a six foot six guy. I, I if Zion was able to walk around at 280 and I, he never experienced the injuries that we've already seen, which are correlated to weight bearing injuries, I would 100% hear you. But I've already seen him get injured okay, but, at, and struggle but, to stay on the court at that weight. Okay, but even if I say that's correct, right? Even if I want to walk with you on that, then wouldn't the correct thing to do is to say that you need to lose more weight? That That, that means we need you to get down to a three percent or five percent body fat whatever the body fat percentage is and we need you to be at 265 
wouldn't that be the correct option to do if it's really about but I health? think I think again this goes back to Kev's earlier point you have to find a middle ground because Zion's not signing a contract if that's the case but that's and my it's not point. because he can't but, it's not because but, but, he... but fam here's here's what I'm saying though because we can't have it both ways though because if it's truly something about health and you're telling me that what you know for a fact is that these injuries, or even if you don't know it for a fact, a high likelihood of his injuries, his weight-bearing injuries, is because he came into this league at 285. But yet, you're going to add an extra 10 pounds on that on that restriction and say that, okay, this should protect us. That's hustling backwards. But what that I'm saying is, no you, you say it can't work both ways, but it, it literally does have to work both ways. But it doesn't make sense. Two parties have to bro. come together to sign the contract. But fam, it doesn't make sense because if you feel like 285 already is where his injuries begin, adding 10 pounds to that makes absolutely no sense. But again, it's not 10 pounds in terms of weight. It's the sum of your body fat and, body fat, and weight. weight, whatever. I'm saying okay, that means that you, you feel be like 285 your... right here where he is right now is where he is already an issue. Adding but what I'm saying to is, that issue is defeating the purpose of you. They could say two eighty five is the issue is the breaking point, but with the sum of your body fat, you could never go over that. Because Zion's not no ten percent body fat. We don't know his body fat. His body fat could be all fifteen percent, fourteen percent. We don't know. But that what that tells me is that the sum of whatever we feel has to be below this mark. And realistically, if we're being honest, that means he probably can't even walk around at two eighty five. And again. I understand what you're saying in, in theory, but when you say it can't work both ways, it literally does because Zion already expressed his feelings about New Orleans and how he was thinking of leaving and his family's discontent. So when you want to sign your player, you have to come to the table and say, this is something that's favorable for you to sign. But then again, you also have to come to the table from Zion's perspective and say, yo, I want my money, but this is going to have to work. The two have to come to common ground. To for this contract the, to work. I'm not talking about them coming to the agreement. I'm just saying that if you're putting in provisions to protect yourself or protect the team from a Zion injury that you already, that you just told me that his 285 that he's at is the reason, is the likelihood reason of why he's getting hurt. To me, but, it's like if, if you truly care about protecting the team and protecting Zion from that weight-bearing injury, you would have went the opposite way then. I get that, but would Zion have signed that contract? And on it's top of that, the that. sum of But it's percentage. not about would Zion have signed it because, it has again, to be. it's, you know why it's not? Here's why it's not. Because, and this is the same type of argument in another sport with Kyler Murray when they were saying with his study habits and everything like that. Well, you know, Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray didn't want to, you know, sign up or, or he felt disrespected about his study habits, he never should have signed the contract. To me, it's not about that. To me, it's if you're the team, Right, and you want to put specific clause in the contract about in order to protect your yourself in any way, you have to make sure that clause number one is worth it, and number one is effective, or number two is effective. That's what I'm talking about. If you feel like Zion has been injured at 285, and then you're going to tell me that you're putting in clause for 295, that makes no sense. You might as well not even have the clause in the. But what I'm saying is, the sum of his body fat and weight at 295 tells me he cannot walk around on what he's walking around when he came in the league. What I'm saying is exactly what it means. That doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, if you feel like at 285, it's not healthy. It's not good. It's not conducive. Getting making any number above that makes no sense. You're That's not hearing what I'm saying. He can't walk around at 285 with the current closets in the contract because it's the sum of his body fat and weight. If he's walking around at 285, he's not going to meet the 295 sum of his weight and body percentage mark. He has to be less than that. 
because he's not 10% body fat. We know this. We know what 10% body fat looks like. He's not nowhere near that. That's what I'm saying to you. So even if you came into the league at 285, that clause tells me he can't walk around at that when NBA time is coming. That's what exactly what it means. Whether that be 270, whether it be 272, we don't know. But in, in his case, every pound matters. I want to see if they uphold it. So we'll see. What's well, in the contract, Pat? What do you mean? Nah, because nah. if he's hooping and he's two and he's three twenty, they're not going to do nothing. They're not going to do shit. Well, that just means he doesn't get his likely incentives. It de-escalates. It's in the contract. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're not going to do that. They're so not gonna what, what are you going to do? I don't they're understand. Not gonna, like, um, you're not hearing me. If the man's hooping and he's three twenty and everything's rosy, they're not going to decrease his pay or not let him get his incentive. So they restructure and, it. Bro, they just don't have to exercise. <laughs> Some can be in a contract and you don't exercise. You know, like it doesn't I, have to be exercised. I'm gonna have to read the details on that one. I didn't. I didn't know. I actually, I didn't Fam, know. After the whole hoopla with Kyler Murray, they just took out the study clause out of the men's team. But that's football, though. Football, football's no, but <laughs> no, fam. If, if anything, football is even more strict. But they're not gonna take it out. But what I'm saying is, it's like I want to see if they actually value that. That's all I'm saying. Like, do you do you value it? Like, as Kevin was saying, if everything's moving right. I want to see if you actually uphold it. I think it's just a show face thing, just to show the people that they're not getting, they're not getting rinsed, or yeah, they, they're they not put, getting rinsed or abused. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. I don't know. Question: This is a bit off topic, but could they have put this clause in the contract if he was in restricted free agency? Like, is that something that you can implement in, in a contract, or is this only restricted to extensions? No idea, stuff. Yeah. That's a good point as well. Because if you maybe this is something that they had to do <laughs> before he hit RFA. Um, I don't know. Well, I could imagine if a next man swings you that without the, the restrictions. Uh, like I would assume that you don't have to take that one. If that makes True. sense. True. I don't know though because you're restricted at the end of the day. No, nah, yep. but like it's supposed to be the you're supposed to match, right? Like, are you matching if your incentives are the same? Right. That's, that's I guess that's that would be my question. Yeah, that makes a good point. Um, let's move forward. We got something I really want to talk about, this tampering thing, right? So for those of you that don't know, the NBA has a tampering rule where they basically outlaw any player-to-player, um, GM-to-player interactions, conversations about the f- upcoming offseason until NBA offseason. The NBA offseason has officially opened on July 1st. Um, it's a really... It's not properly regulated. Let's just say that. We know that tampering happens all the time. But more times than not, it actually doesn't come into fruition or there's not actually any consequences unless someone else reported it. There have been a couple teams in the past, most notably, uh, I believe it was the Bulls that lost a second round pick because they were accused of tampering in the in the, Even the Heat, back. bro, with Kyle Lowry. And I think that's the issue here. Yeah, the Heat as well with Kyle Lowry. And, and they lost, ultimately it was like a second round pick um, for the pursuit of acquiring Lonzo Ball and or Kyle Lowry um, ahead of the period in which you're supposed to start discussion. So... Most recently, the 76ers are being investigated for tampering because they allege that James Harden agreed to a pay cut before NBA, the NBA offseason officially started, which allowed the, the Sixers to then acquire guys like P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton, and ex-other players. Um, me, personally, I think that this is going to be a point of contention in the next CBA, and I know I sound like a dead horse, uh, or being a dead horse when I say this, because I say it all the time, but... Like, I just don't understand how you could have a tampering rule and you're not like the goalpost keeps getting moved left, right and center. Like we've seen in situations where guys are blatantly talking about, oh, I want this guy to come play with me. And that's that's cool. And then yeah, we see other cool. Thing. No, but there's been times where the guys have 
in code, okay? Maybe say that. Maybe not yeah. as blatantly as clear as day, but we all get the point. Players you're talking about? Player to player? I've seen GMs, players, everything. There's been nah, times where I've watching first that. take and I've seen guys, executives in the office saying, oh, we're looking to acquire X player and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, yeah, you're not allowed to do that, but are you going to be finding everybody? And what's really a second round pick to a team? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I, I, and this is not baseball. So like, it's a bit of a more fair league in terms of you being able as a small market to to compete. But I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed if, I, if I'm in a pursuit of Lonzo Ball and this team does their tampering thing. They get Lonzo Ball and all they have to do is sacrifice a second round pick. Like, that's not enough. But on the other end with James Harden now, I don't understand how you can say that someone on the team currently, on the already existing roster, is tampering. But he like, wasn't, no? Like, I guess when, he's become, when he becomes a free agent, is he not then a player? But I'm saying player? he would only become a free agent once free agency opened. And at that point, you'd be able to have discussions with him. So if you're saying that we had discussions before July 1st, which was illegal, how is that the case when he's on my roster? Yeah, I think, like, the James Harden one just sounds stupid to me. I don't think that should be a problem yeah. whatsoever. Like, if the man said he's going to take a pay cut, then he's going to take a pay cut. I don't get it. Because like, then... I think it's only an issue because it, and we're, you can't focus on James Harden. The focus isn't on James Harden. The focus is on P.J. Tucker, specifically P.J. Tucker, because it was Miami that filed the grievance. But, yo, my, I guess my, my question with this stuff is, is like, all right, if, if this is an issue, right, why does the league allow them to sign P.J. Tucker like at that time? Because if... The way I see it, if James Harden had not taken a pay cut yet, if he was still a player on his current contract, which makes him, which means they wouldn't have the cap to sign PJ, why are they then allowed to sign PJ? I don't know if that makes sense to Matt, but like to me, it's just it's just a non-issue. If PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker would have known how much you're offering. He's on your team already. Like if he wanted to leave, you would have had an opportunity to offer him a contract. If you were sitting out there waiting to see what the offers were going to look like. Tough luck. When you got that Philly offer, he could have came back to you with it, and he, whether he did or whatever. Like, I he probably know. did. Yeah. So, like, what's the problem then? I think the problem is, is that, especially in free agency in the first couple of days, I think things are moving faster than the league can monitor. So, if these rules can't be respected, then everything just goes uh, kind of willy. The first day of free agency isn't even the first day of free agency, and it's like that for a reason because all of these deals were created during the time frame through time frame. So it's like what I feel like this is is that what what's happening is that when the league decides that they're going to just arbitrarily get up one day and say we're going to go after one team or one thing, for example, when they went after Lonzo Ball or when they went over, went after the Heat for Kyle Lowry, so the Heat are now saying a year later, "I right, cool, so you went after us for this." And they just did the exact same thing. So go waste more league resources and go investigate them too then. And I, but, I, I completely agree with that. You can't pick and choose when you're going to take a foot in and take stuff away. Yes, a second-round pick may be negligible. That's cool. I don't care about that. It's the principle of the matter. If you're going to be you know, doing whatever you're doing for tampering, then do what you're doing for tampering. But at that same gesture, uh, to me, it's like you can do it for literally every single NBA team because all of these deals are happening before the, clocks, the, before the clock says go. But you have to also remember, Chris, they only do it when another GM raises the issue. It's like a GM has to place a ticket to say, hey, this That's happened. Go look at it. They don't just wake up. I truly think the league doesn't care. They only care if someone makes a complaint. That's what I'm saying, and and that's so if someone makes saying, a complaint, every deal that what goes on in July first can technically be considered tampering. It wouldn't tampering. be an issue. That's 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 my point. That's my point. So 
it's really only a talking point because the Heat feel like, bro, you knocked us a year ago for the exact same thing that is happening now. So go knock them. That's it. But I'm saying that's life. If no one says anything about something, it's going to go even if it's corrupted. If you raise your concerns, then by all means, do the investigation. Because as, as you said again, July 1st, 6, 6.05, and there's already 15 people on new teams. And it's like, how does this even happen within five minutes? But again, if another team's not raising a grievance about it, then why should the league care? And I think, again, this goes back to the point where I was saying earlier that things happen so fast. I don't think the league can have their thumb on everything that's going on. I think they have to strengthen these rules and these regulations so that if and when these things do happen, they're able to then hold people accountable. But you can't hold... Deals are flying left, right, and center. I doubt the league is going to be able to survey and, and have a have a good understanding of what's going on in every single transaction when literally I, I can't even open my phone good without Bleach Report spamming my phone about 50 new players on, on 10 different teams. So, To put it like, like this, like to me, if you look at if you look at like the case, what happened with PJ Tucker? It's clear tampering. I'm not saying it's not. Obviously, it's 100 percent tampering. But is it any is it any more tampering than what happened with Malcolm Brogdon? Mm, didn't, didn't they get fined for that too, though? No. Indiana didn't get, fi- didn't get fined for Brogdon. No, I I didn't hear any news. If if they did, then you're breaking news to me. But to me, it's like it's. The Malcolm Brogdon situation is even more egregious <laughs> like than anything will happen with P.J. Tucker. That man had his contract mid-season. Mid-season, he had his contract. While the season is going on, he knew exactly what he, can be, what he will be getting. And then so much so that during the draft, they were making moves in order to secure him. In order to give him that same contract that they had promised him already mid-season. So if anyone's talking about any type of tampering, it should start with the Knicks. That's where it should start. But you know why we're not going to hear that or why I haven't heard that is because the Mavs, it is what it is. It is what it is. Because Brogdon went on the J.J. Reddick pod and said that initially, the initial offer that he had been expecting from the Mavs was around $60 million. It never came. And then he got wind by midseason after his play blew up. Yo, there's something around the, in the horizon. Mavs came back and said, yo, let's come back to the table. And he said, by that time, it was too late. <laughs> it was too late. They missed the they missed the boat, right? So if he already knew what he was going to be expecting from the Knicks during the midseason, and you're talking to me about P.J. Tucker, the league's not serious. Just get rid of the whole thing. Get rid of I, it. I wouldn't say get rid of the whole thing. I would just Might say... as well, bro. Get rid of it, man. No, nah, I would say you just have to start holding people accountable because if you get rid of the whole thing... It could actually get spooky for the league. It's already spooky. If Mans are signing contracts with teams already agreed upon while he's still playing on my team, I don't know what's spookier than that. Yeah, but that's the tip of the iceberg. And now if we start letting players collude. Fam, the man said the man said that the Mavs tried to go back to the table to to uh fix the extension, to come with a better offer. And he said, nah, fam. Nah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I just feel like when it comes to tampering, like it's really circumstantial. And at the same time, I feel like we need to the league needs to understand, like, it's either we're doing this properly or you're going to have to leave it up to the teams to do their own investigations and prove a case. That's the way I look at it, Dave. Like, don't don't tell the league, oh, go look at this because you're just snitching. Like, if you feel like something happened, I feel like the league should put the onus on the team to do a proper investigation, present the details, and then we we, we, we penalize accordingly. The league? So you're saying the team investigates? Like I'm saying, for instance, let's say we use the, the case of the Heat that raised the, the grievance about P.J. Tucker, right? 
like tampering happens so often. So I feel like if a team really cares that much about the tampering and it feels like they disadvantage them, then prep a case, like build a build a case, a, a investigation, present it to the league, and then have the league penalize accordingly. Because I just don't like this thing. Oh, you're running to the league, and you know you did this, bro, you did that. Like, if you really have the like, details on your side, then bro, present the details. That's like me saying, if you robbed me, I have to come with the case before I go to the before I go to the police. Like I have to build up my case to prove how you robbed me before I go well, to yeah, the police. I I would say it's more like in America, you could press charges on a man, but you can't that's, do that in Canada. That's what they're doing, though. That's that's what they're doing. That's how filing the grievances. So you you file your grievance, and then then now the league goes goes and looks. No, but I'm at saying, you. like for instance, in Canada, someone gets robbed. The police is is, is is supposed to investigate it regardless. In America, you have to press charges. So it's like if I don't have my case ready to press the charges, nothing's gonna happen. So same thing in the NBA. I feel like if you really feel like you were disadvantaged, build your case, present it to the league, and then have them do something accordingly. But don't just point the finger and keep snitching to the league. Oh, blah 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 blah. Because at that point, like. If not everybody's doing it, then it's not as effective. That's why I look at it. Um, but yeah, shout the league, man. This new C- when does the CBA renew? Whenever that renews, it's going to be an interesting discussion. I might, they might have to televise that one because. Um, Fam, you well, swear that the owner's about to come back for some for some. It's going to be I'm scary. Not, guys. Yeah, Mark my I, words I'm, right now. It's nah, going to be spooky. Nah, so. It's going to be so <laughs> like, spooky, guys. You the amount of money that's been money. stolen from the owners. You think they're just going to sit down I'm there? I'm talking and, about stolen money. What money has been stolen? Bradley Beal just stole. Just basically uh, held the, the Wizards for uh, ransom. Come, come on, on man. man. The Wizards had to give him that money, bro. Bradley Beal walked into the office with a Glocky and said, "You'll run the loot." Did that happen? Even I don't even know. even like the trades and stuff. Actually, that's a discussion for a different day. We'll, we'll get that time though, because I don't want to go on a tangent. But These let's move forward. Tighten up, still. Let's move forward. Um, sad news, unfortunately, but a legend has passed. Um, from the NBA, Mr. Bill Russell. I'm gonna read off some of his accolades, and then we could just kind of give some sentiments. And again, um, this may be a little bit out of our air, but it doesn't mean we can't understand his importance to the league. But Bill Russell is a two-time Hall of Famer, once as a coach in 19, sorry, once as a coach in 2021 and another player in 1975, 12-time All-Star, 11-time NBA champion, 11-time All-Defensive, sorry, 11-time All-NBA player, five-time MVP, part of the NBA 75th anniversary team with career averages of 15 points, 22 and a half rebounds, four assists. Me personally, I never watched a Bill Russell game in my life, but I still understand the importance. And just if you follow the players in the league and you see how highly they speak of him, not only as a player, but as a coach, um, you can really see his significance. It's not only in Boston, but just overall um, in the league from team to team. Um, sad that we lost uh, a great like that. Uh, I think he was 88, so he did ultimately live a full life. And um, his last days, he was still there giving jokes at the award shows and stuff like that. So it is sad, but... Um, shout out to the legend Bill Russell. I don't really have much to to say other than that. Um, other than the fact that we lost a great though, but what, what do you guys think about the passing of Bill Russell? Nah, like he's he's instrumental with basketball. It's weird because you just, you don't even expect those type of people to die. But again, as Rob said, he's eighty eight, lived a full life. He accomplished a lot. He paved the way for a lot of people on the court, off the court. Um, he's probably the most influential black player in the league. First black head coach. Um, you know, he was running wild in the league at a time when the league was pro- predominantly white. And like he's been part of the NBA even after he retired. So, uh, yeah, RIP. So. Nah, for me, it's like, shout out to Thinking Basketball because because of that uh, YouTube channel. Um, I was able to, like, understand what the value of Bill Russell was in terms of, you know, him as a player. Um, but I've also... <clears throat> looked at stories about him off the court as well 
like one of the the one that I remember is the fact that one time when he was a player, he was in uh, Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, and they had a game that night. But you know, before that, they wanted to go to dinner, and he wasn't allowed to go into the the restaurant because you know what I'm saying it was a so it was a white only event type thing. Um, and you know they were still segregated at that point. And Bill Russell said, "Yo, if I can't eat with you, I can't play with you." You know what I'm saying? Like, if I can't eat in your city, I can't play in your city. Simple as that. So they didn't play that night. Boston Celtics went home. And that was one of the things where it was instrumental in Kentucky, you know, dropping their color barrier. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was he was one of the – that was one of the main reasons why they ended up doing that. So it's like that type of stuff, like, I love hearing that because it's like in today's in today's world, like, we, we – we conflate what true like activism is and true sacrifice is. You see what I'm saying? Where back then, like it was literally like in many cases, not just life or death, but it was like, you know, I'm going to really put up or shut up in certain instances and I'm going to lose game checks. I'm going to lose, you know, a part of my livelihood because I believe in what's right or wrong. And those, those are the decisions that get things pushed forward. So it's like all in all, like, you know, him as a man in terms of the type of player he is, but at the same time, when you hear about the stories that he'll tell about his home being broken into in Boston, about, you know, being called the N-word, being called a monkey, you know, many times over where they will feel like he didn't have the best game. He would go outside and he would just have to deal with racial slurs and things of that nature, spray painting on his car, broken windows, like, those are the stories of, you know, when you look back and you're saying, nah, bro, like, that was a real man. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, for for sure, still, RIP to him. Um, it's crazy. We're losing out, like, we're losing legends in, in the NBA. Uh, on a, I feel like this is as much as I can remember in, in recent times. Um, but I'm sure he felt his flowers, though, and that's that's all that matters to me, so. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that we we ended up losing him. Um, never want to see a great go. And as Kevin said again, sometimes you don't realize that these guys are actually up in age. And, it, you know, eventually one day they will pass. But it's sad to see that um, Bill Russell especially had passed on. But shout out to him and his family. Um, I think he is probably one of the top five greatest players ever. Top ten at least in some people's books. And one of the greatest Celtics ever by far. So shout out to Bill Russell. But um yeah, as we said again, it's in the dog days of the NBA season. We're going to come through with some interesting content in the next couple of weeks, starting to ramp up for the NBA season as soon as training camp and stuff starts coming around. Um, but yeah, never know what's going to happen. Never know what's going to go on. But you guys have anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, I'm sure. No, no, I'm good. All right, so it's All Hustle No Lock Podcast, available on all streaming platforms every Monday morning, 8 a.m. Feel free to come through, share, like, comment, listen. Give it to whoever's willing to take a listen, never hoard a good thing. We're really out here trying to make good content. But aside from that, if you have any questions, concerns, reach out to us. We're trying to grow the platform as much as possible. But until then, we'll talk to you guys next time. Take care. Bullets to the side of spit. He rained out his burner. Mama looking at me, crying, she asking when they can stop the murder. Till when did they first stop burning? Till there was no more hurdles. Pop green up, no kernels. This lean designer, no Virgil. No Tesla, I'm a Mega Pilot. They told my homie, so I got it back in silence.